All right. And welcome, folks, to a, I guess this is technically a three sword limit slash MLB Pro Happy Hour. Uh, but in reality, it is the first episode of our 2021 MLB Pro Preview for teams that are not in the 2020 playoff race. I'm going to welcome my man, Justin Jabs. in. Justin, I appreciate you joining us for the first edition of this, man, and, and kind of being the goody pig to test this out. Um, I sent a couple questions out to you, obviously, ahead of time. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's get with a clearly, really, really quick breakdown of the 2020 season. Are the Cubs where you thought they'd be right now in 2020 uh, before we go to 2021? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, first of all, Brendan, thanks for, for having me. I'm excited that you're shedding the spotlights on uh, some of the little guys, you know, <laughs> who do, don't have much to play for, as we talked about before. Yeah, the small market team that is the Chicago Cubs, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> don't, get enough, uh, don't get enough press in the uh, Chicago media market now that exactly. we got the White Sox actually doing good. Um, yeah, as far as the, where the Cubs were supposed to be this year, um, to be honest, I, I wasn't really sure what I was looking for. Um, I always try to go into each season with, you know, uh, except for the the first season where I really did the the tank rebuilds um, thing a couple of years ago, um, the last couple of years just trying to put the best team on the field without quite mortgaging the future. Um, I've done some opportunistic spending, as everybody's seen, you know, bringing in Madison Bumgarner and Pablo Sandoval instead of just letting that cash go back to ownership. Um, so I thought that maybe you know I could on the periphery of a wild card see what might happen. Um, obviously, I'm always optimistic, and that didn't quite happen this year, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been good to see that there's no super major injuries. It's been good to uh, have, you know, guys like Ed Harris and a few of those guys actually solidify and say, yeah, this is a good player that we can build for the future. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of where the Cubs are at in 2020. Tried to see what might happen. Nothing really happened. So just doing the best we can. I love it. Sorry, I don't know how loud that uh, helicopter was. It just blew up here. <laughs> I had to pause it. I muted just in case. That actually brought up two really, really specific questions I hadn't planned on asking, but I wanted to run through them, right? First part being, uh, what is the plan for, for Matt Bum and for Pablo Sandoval? And then the second piece was, you were, you were famously kind of absent for about a year there, right? Uh, yeah. You transitioned out to California with the move and stuff. So I'd just be curious to think, during those years where you weren't as active in the – or maybe like 12 months when you weren't as active in the chat and, and, and so on and so forth, did you keep up? and have a really specific plan during that time? Did that set you back a little bit? Uh, and the second part is, what the hell do you do with Pablo Sandoval and Madison Bumgarner here in 2021? <laughs> that's a great question. Um, yeah, to your first question, uh, that's part of the reason that I didn't really have many expectations going into the year. Um, you know, when uh, there was real baseball that I was working and, and trying to sell, and that took up a lot of the time, and which is why I hadn't been around uh, too much, you know, for the past year, year plus. Um, so that's part of the reason that I didn't really have uh, expectations because I was just, you know, kind of coasting. Yeah. Um, had to get the reminders from the commissioners like, hey, like, we know you've been in here from the start, but we can still kick you out, <laughs> you know, sort of things. Um, but, you know, now that things have kind of slowed down and moving back here um, to Wisconsin and kind of focusing on more hobbies and, and different things instead of a job that doesn't exist for the moment. Um, you know, I've been exporting regularly, actually setting my lineups like myself for the first time in what is this? How many years have we been doing this? Like eight years? I would always just do whatever the manager said. So um, it's been kind of fun. But uh, yeah, that definitely has something to do with it. Uh, you know, as far as where the Cubs have kind of been still still keeping up with the things in the realm of Chicago, uh, but not so much the the league as a whole uh, during that time. Okay. I love it. Uh, it's interesting. I, I didn't know you hadn't set your own lineups outside of your manager's suggestion until now. It's I, I just got into that this year as well. It's wild. It is 
yeah. I'm trying to do my own calculations. I'm doing all this thing <laughs> off at all at this point, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's what I've enjoyed most about it, I think. Yeah. I mean, I've set the, like, I've set what the lineups and the death charts as a whole should look like, but like the day to day, like I know, um, I think Hodges is really big on that, like going in and actually setting the lineup, uh, the seven day lineups. Um, so that's what I, I've been doing here in the past, uh, probably about week and a half, past week and a half I've been doing that. So that's been fun. There's always, there's the, there's the extreme that was Andy, if everybody remembers Andy, right, where he was like, he would demand to know who your pitcher was two days out so he could do research on the person <laughs> specific to that. And then there's the other side of it, which apparently is where you and I land, which is like, eh, I'll set some seven-day lineups and we'll go from there. So it's interesting yeah. to see the amount of strategy here. Um, yeah. All right, real quick before we dive into 2021, Mad Bum and Pablo Sandoval. Expectations, when you signed them, were they were you trying to flip them? Were they, were they sign and flip guys? Were they, you, yeah, you thought you could beat? What was the, what was the thought process there? Hey, yeah, uh, they definitely were not flip candidates. I mean, if you look at the contracts, each of them, uh, you know, I, I had the budgetary space, even when I was maxing out my player development and my scouting these past couple of years, still had a ton of budget room because all these guys were on minimum contracts. Yeah. So uh, Madbum, the age worked a little bit better. I think, how old is he, like 31 or something like that? Yeah, um, and then Sandoval is a little bit older, but I mean, the guys were available and um, I wanted to give them some money early when we had money to spend. Uh, and so I front loaded their contracts. And so oh, I think if I was trying to, yeah, if I was trying to flip them, it would have been more like backloaded. Obviously you don't want to spend money that you don't have to. Yeah. Um, but it, it was kind of uh, the, the real life nationals, like Jason Wirth uh, type of deal is, is kind of what I was thinking about. Like okay. maybe a couple of years away, try to get some veterans in there, try to give them the majority of the money that they will deserve and that they will need. Um, and then when the rest of the team kind of comes together, they'll only be making, 15 14 million dollars each like per year which is still a lot of money that's a significant part of the payroll but that's not bad so no i didn't realize that i hadn't looked at the actual specifics of the contract i didn't realize it was so front load that's very smart i love that idea um yeah so they weren't flip candidates so they're still still part of the 2021 plan which is an excellent segue to launch into this so (laughs) holistically 2021 expectations give me a number how many wins did the cubs expect to win to get in 2021 uh, yes. So if I got to be pinned down to a number, I'll say maybe like 75, 77 or so. Okay. Um, I just want to keep improving each year. Like um, back in 2018, I had 53 wins. That was the first um, after my 2017 postseason run didn't work out. Uh, that was the first year where I kind of tore it all down. Uh, we had 61 wins last year. Uh, we just won our 62nd victory last week. Okay. Um, so just kind of keep progressing and keep moving forward. Um, I, as far as like wearing the division and stuff, I, I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but uh, nobody in the NL Central seems to want to win. Like, I mean, people are trying to win, but like there's, it's like the Cardinals, the Pirates, you know, kind of on that periphery. And then just these three crappy teams, myself included. So uh, trying to get more instead of like the last place conversation, maybe more in like the fourth or third place conversation, uh, just kind yeah. of crawling up in the division, I guess, is the goal for next year. I mean, you do have some new slash old blood, right, in, in uh, Cincinnati coming back to the, the Central, the, the former manager of the Pirates. I always want to call him Pete, but I think Pete was the guy before him. I, I'm blanking on his name, but he's now running the Reds, right? He's publicly stated he's going to try and drive this move forward very quickly. The Pirates organization, despite their early success, stuck really strong to the fact that they were not trying to go in this year and make a strong push, right? They, they were still building for the future. So that's an interesting team as well. Ryan Brookman in, in St. Louis consistently says 
you know, he'll pop in every couple of weeks and, and talk a bunch of trash about being underappreciated and these things. <laughs> he's right. His team is consistently yeah. underappreciated. Uh, they're a very good ball club. Uh, so this is a very interesting division, right? And then the Brewers are the Brewers. I, I think the Brewers are going to suffer from what could have been a very, very smart move to move on from uh, the name. The fellow's name is escaping me right now. The guy they dealt to Houston. Uh, I think he could have netted a bigger return. There's a huge hubbub about that, obviously, in the, in the moment. But I think I think Milwaukee will suffer from that for a long time, despite the fact that they're kind of in the playoff hunt right now. So yeah, you know, oh Esteban was that Esteban no Hernandez, Esteban right? Hernandez was dealt, but there was a different. It's uh, the other guy. The yeah. he's like one of Houston's best players right now. He's in the running for a major league. American League MVP, despite the fact that Houston sucks. It's Sanchez, I think. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, it was, okay. it was, he's one of the best batters in, in, in league. He got dealt to Houston, and it was a whole thing a couple years ago. So, anyway, I, the point is, you're kind of right, right? Nobody in the Central outside of St. Louis wants to drive forward and make that push. So, 75 wins in 2021, where does that put you? Is that enough to put you in that second slot? Which, I mean, right now, you'd be right about where Pittsburgh is. I think mean, they have 70-something wins right now. That could put yeah. you in place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, second or third place would be great. Like, I don't think we have the, um, the talent right now to take down St. Louis, but something in that conversation, I think that would be a win as we keep on going forward. Okay. Before we jump to talent, give me your breakdown. What, what's the rundown one to five of the NL Central next year? Obviously these are recorded. So this is going to be, you're going to be helped. <laughs> so what, what's the, what's the breakdown? Yes. Um, so accepting the fact, like we talked about before, I've been, uh, more focused on what's going on in Chicago than looking at the rest of the division necessarily. Yep. Um, St. Louis, number one. Um, yep. This is going to be boring, but I'll do basically what we have right now, but inserting the Cubs right in the middle. So okay. Cardinals, Pirates, Cubs, Brewers, Reds. Okay. I like that. That's interesting. I, honestly, I, I think I would flip the Reds and the Brewers and maybe even the Cubs with the Reds in the middle. They do have the talent. The, so the talent they traded for Colby Allard is what's interesting to me, right? And again, you, to your point, you haven't been paying a ton of attention, but there's two very good middle infield, corner infield pieces they got back for Allard um, mm-hmm. that should they come up next year and perform, I think the Reds have a chance to make a run at that that two position. But you're right. I mean, really that two through five in the central can be anybody. I think the Cardinals are the class of the division. And yeah. you have a realistic chance, should some of these guys we're about to talk about, make this leap in here in 2021, I think the Cubs have enough pieces to make a run at that second position and maybe push for a National League wildcard spot considering how shitty the league is as a whole. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, so let's make a like, kind of transition here to 2021. The rotation specifically, uh, as it currently sits, I don't know exactly what the rotation looks like. What are the key additions and factions you're looking at? So let's start with some factions first. Anybody in the rotation currently in 2020 that is not going to be there in 2021? Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, there, there are definitely a lot of question marks with the rotation. Um, as far as subtractions, uh, Mark Sorensen, who has been my guy for, you know, seven or eight years, uh, he's, he's sucked a lot this year. He struggled a lot. Um, we kept on throwing him out there. He'd have like one or two games where he'd, you know, give up a run or two, and then all of a sudden a six spot is put on him. So uh, we took him out of the rotation uh, for September. Want to give some younger guys a try. Um, depending on how the rotation breaks out, you know, if we see any guys in free agency, again, you know, I've, I've got some money, so I'm, I'm willing to kind of look there for, for added pieces. I don't know who's going to be on the market, but, you know, depending on if it fits with the timeline, you know, we might see some free agents coming to Chicago uh, for the starting rotation, but uh, Sorensen is probably out, um, probably in like a bullpen, like long relief role. Um, when I signed him to his 10-year, $13 million contract, like it was with the intention that when he starts sucking, like he can just pitch in relief. 
or worst case scenario, like that's like $2 million off the payroll if I get rid of them. Um, so yeah, barring a big spring training um, push or us not finding the pieces in the minor leagues or, or on the free agent market, he's probably out of the rotation. Um, another guy, another guy, our number five this year, Richard Dean. Um, I don't know, he's a, he's a lefty. He's been struggling this year. Um, 26 years old. Uh, we claimed him off waivers a couple years ago. He's, he's been good. Like he hasn't gotten hurt. Um, so he's been eating up innings for us, but um, you know, if we're trying to upgrade and we're trying to get some new fresh blood in here, he's another guy that might get out of the way. Okay. So you got two spots potentially open on the rotation. Anybody in that triple A, double A sense right now internally that, that have a shot in spring training to take those spots in the rotation? Yeah. Great question. Um, so we just called up uh, one of the guys, Elijah Manning, um, who yep, did that. yeah, five innings, one run. Um, he's had a couple of good seasons in the minor leagues, like in the kind of ERA war, ERA plus departments. Uh, the strikeout to walk ratio has been back and forth a little bit, um, but we're going to give him four starts in September and then we're going to give him a shot in spring training. We'll see what happens. Uh, another guy is Jason Hatfield. Um, this is a guy that I acquired. Where did I even get him? Uh, oh, yes. Trade with Cleveland. Um, the Alberto Madrid trade uh, back in 2018. He was okay. one of my uh, better players. Um, so Hatfield came back. He's a, one of those classic guys that the scouting report looks great. Um, and we've we've tried him and he ha it hasn't quite clicked yet. Um, he tires out pretty easily. He's got a lo low stamina. Um, so we're trying him in the follower role in September. Yeah. Um, so we're already essentially going for spring training here in, in 2020 for, for next year. Um, so maybe with using the openers and the followers, which I haven't really used before, a guy like Hatfield who, you know, third time around the order starts to tucker out, uh, you know, start to get, starts to give up those big hits. He might click in a follower role um, and we can use something like that. Um, and then the other guy that I'm excited down in the minors, uh, potentially to break the rotation next year, uh, Julio Urias, uh, who was my big get for the trade deadline. Yep. Um, you know, nice young arm. What is he like? Twenty-four years old or something like that. Um, lefty um, that we got from LA. Uh, the Dodgers. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was the uh, Casey Mulligan deal. Casey Mulligan and the kicker for a twenty-four-year-old starting pitcher who could very well be one of our best starters next year. Yeah, I love that addition for the Cubs. Honestly, I I, I was chasing your eyes pretty hard, but I didn't quite have the pieces to get him. Uh, at the deadline, so I'd love that that pickup for the Cubs. He does have a like it's either a control issue or a stamina issue. I can't remember exactly what it is, but he's a guy that's worth a shot, and I think can really produce results um, with the right defense behind him. So that's interesting. So you've got a couple couple guys, excuse me, um, that are on the way up. Obviously, free agency is a crapshoot in this league. It, it's just such a weird that <laughs> like, nobody hits free agency, right? If if you're gonna hit the end of your deal by the end of the the, the year, it's almost a guarantee you'll be traded before the deadline somebody trying to make a push that is willing to throw $30 million a year at you really quick. Uh, it just doesn't happen very often. So I don't know that you can bank your, your free agency strategy. So, so I agree with you there. Um, trades are a crapshoot, right? So let's talk, well, let's, let's kind of, let's push those to the side as well. Let's go to the lineup, right? So let's talk same, same situation here. Who is likely to exit the 2020 Cubs lineup uh, at the end of this year, whether it be via free agency, whether it be they're just kicked out of the lineup because they suck. Uh, or there's somebody coming up specifically to, to replace them. There's a couple guys down there, right at that Triple A, Double A level that I've got my eye on. I think maybe make it make a shot here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of the the outfield is pretty well set. Um, the changes might come in the infield. Um, so the outfield, Jordan Alvarez, he um, he's sticking around. Um, he struggled a little bit to start, but he's a mainstay in left field. Ed Harris and then Candon Miles over in right. Um, so for guys where we could potentially upgrade, uh, Gio Scaramaya, he's our shortstop. 
he, I think he's great as like a backup uh, infielder. Mm-hmm. He plays well at each one of those positions um, just because we don't really have anybody. Um, the uh, Julian Garcia uh, is a young guy, plays great defense down in the minor leagues. Uh, he's come up once or twice and hasn't quite hit. Um, so we wanted him to kind of take that shortstop role, but he hasn't taken it and grabbed it. So that's why our backup infielder is playing shortstop every day. Um, so he's a guy who could be, could be out, could be upgraded. Um, Bill Lowe, we, our first baseman, uh, we talked about at the trade deadline. Uh, he might be a guy that might be traded, might be getting out of there. Um, my dream, because, um, you know, Pablo can play first and third, and he's got a lot of money, and we're just going to roll with him for now. You know, if I could maybe find a buyer for Bill Lowe, slide Pablo over to first, and then eventually, maybe probably not at the start of the season, but eventually Jake Berger, uh, one of our top prospects coming up. Uh, I think that might be more of a mid-season deal, you know, if we want to get rid of Lowe or, or see the opportunity there. Um, but, yeah, outfields, and then, you know, obviously we're not going to move Pablo. And so that kind of second, third, um, you know, first base situation might be where we see some changes. Yeah. He was the one I had my eye on. Like, what, what do you need to see out of Jake Berger in spring? Now, obviously, he's a stretch. Like you said, he won a midseason. But what does Jake Berger do in spring to get him that starting role opening day in Chicago? That's a, that's a good question. I, to, to be honest, I think it, it's going to be really tough. Because instead of the spring training stats, which we both know can be fluky, yeah. uh, I'd rather see him have some good, consistent time down at AAA. Yeah. Um, so he's – yeah. He's, it's been rough. It's only been – what is that? 35 games or so. Uh, did pretty well in, in double-A. We called him up mid-season. Uh, we need to add him to the 40-man roster this year, um, so we're going to start to burn those option mirrors. But uh, I'd just say not sucking in triple-A for two months, maybe, okay. <laughs> would, uh, would get him the call. So, he, so it's more important that he get the experience in spring, he gets on the 40-man, and then, you know, April, May are solid in triple-A. Well, I guess May, really, and maybe early June are important in triple-A for you. Okay. Yeah. It's smart. I like yeah. It. I mean, he's, he's a young guy. He's set, you know, our second round pick a couple years back, just 20, 24 years old. Like we don't want to screw up with him. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of a, a gamble bringing up Jordan Alvarez so early, but I think he, he proved that he belonged. Um, but I don't want to necessarily take that gamble with Jake Berger, a guy who we've been grooming. Uh, you know, we invested this time in, whereas a guy like Jordan, we just bought him last year, essentially at the end of the uh, IFA. And so it's worked out. Yeah. So that leads me to a question I think you might already have, have kind of given me the answer to, but this was my sort of surprise look when I saw this, and that's your 2020 draft pick, Gavin Lux. Has hit the ball <clears throat> very well, has risen up to what high A at this point, but the, the fellow who plays second base right now is totally escaping my mind, but he has been atrocious this year. Hitting <laughs> sub 200, if I'm not mistaken, over 130 games started at second base. Does Gavin Lux get an invite to spring, and does he have a shot to take over as a starting second baseman in 2021, given the fact that you're – what's the guy's name? Um, the uh, Yosuke Sasaki. Yeah, given the fact that Sasaki has sucked so hard at second base, does <laughs> Lux get a shot at, at second in spring? That's uh, – honestly, that's something I, I hadn't considered yet. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Gavin, we – he was in rookie ball, but we promoted him up to, uh, to low A. Uh, so that he could be double play partners with uh, Matthew Lugo, uh, who famously did not play uh, during my, my, my sabbatical last year. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to get them kind of on the same page down there. I think those are two big pieces of the future. Uh, obviously, Lex is playing well, like you said. So I don't know if challenging the majors would be in, in the cards for next year. I guess it depends on how he hits and how the rest of our 
you know, if we're actually in the wild card hunt and he's smoking the shit out of the ball down there, we might consider it, but uh, it's not something that has crossed my mind yet. So okay. that's a good point. So not, not likely a 2021 spring invite. I guess I'm looking at this thing like from two sides, right? You have the, the, if you want to pretend like this is real baseball, you have to pretend like you don't see the ratings, right? Uh, just mm-hmm. like you're swinging the ball. Well, his stats are good, but even when you look at his ratings, he seems to be almost at the culmination of his potential development and his current ratings are very good at least in my mm-hmm. scouts rating so i was just very interested to see what your thoughts were there but i guess it's a good point like see where you come out of the the, uh, the gates the good thing about being in the central is you have that luxury right you're not in al west where you've got to sort of commit if you know if you're the astros and you got a guy that can come up and can contribute you've got to do it if you want to compete yeah. that year for you yeah. you've got to slow play it through may even into june maybe and you kind of look at all right i'm five games back i'm two games back i can make a run at this thing and, and he can come up so that's interesting uh that's a good thought right so yeah. um final couple pieces we'll talk about right let's talk spring 2021 we already said Gavin Lux probably not getting the invite Jake Berger probably is getting the invite who are the additional Cubs prospects that get their first taste of big league baseball in that spring training invite who gets invited to camp yeah there's a lot of guys down on AAA um not for their first taste uh but a couple guys who are going to get another shot um, Dustin O'Neill is out of options. Um, so he's going to be on the bubble. He's going to be getting a lot of playing time in spring training. Uh, Julian Garcia, our, you know, great defensive shortstop who we talked about before. He's going to get the call there in spring training. Um, there's a couple other guys who have been hitting pretty well down there that, um, we did a, a slew of promotions from Tennessee double a, um, and kind of brought them up to, to see what's going on. Um, Donald O'Dell is one of our uh, better outfielders. Um, he was had an 811 OPS at AA this year, and he's still kept similar numbers, bringing up to AAA. The, the problem, I think, is, is I'm going to have to look at a lot of trades because a lot of the talent that I have that's about to come up is for the outfield, which is where I'm pretty darn set already, you know? So um, as far as prospects coming up, maybe some of those guys get shipped out for some more ready big league pieces. Um, but and, and in addition to all that, too, we'll have our normal slew of you know, 37 year old relievers who might be able to contribute, you know, with the eighth spot in the bullpen uh, come to spring. But um, yeah, the rotation pieces too. Um, Tommy Simpson is another guy down there at AAA. Um, he similarly to um, Elijah Manning, um, he has had good success so far. Uh, he wasn't on the, the 40 man roster, so we didn't want to put him, bring him up uh, for a spot in the rotation just yet. Um, but Tommy Simpson, in addition to Urias and Dakota Hudson, is a number another name down there who might be in the the rotation mold or the bullpen mold, depending on what happens. Got it. The, the Cubs outfield, as I think about it more, is something that deserves its own piece. I think how you put that trio together is very interesting to me. Ed Harris was such a cool acquisition back when it happened. I think that the, yeah. the, the Miles story is very interesting. Uh, and then Jordan Alvarez being a, an IFA guy that came through so quickly. I'm always fascinated by them. I, the Cubs may outfield may deserve its own story one day. Uh, <laughs> we'll put that on the sideline for now, but, but we'll get to that one day. Um, rapid fire questions here. Right? We're going to go down the, the last five things. Player okay. on the current 2020, 2020 roster who is a potential giant leap forward candidate. So somebody in your starting lineup or rotation right now who you may have think has a shot to jump forward to potentially be an all-star in 2021 that was not this year. Uh, I, I really like Kevin Hunter, the guy that we got with the Rule 5 pick this last year. Um, he's a guy that we've tried to, to mix in uh, with this stacked outfield that we have. Uh, he's got insane power, great speed. 
Um, I, whether it's in Chicago or somewhere else, I think if he gets a little bit more time, a little more seasoning, he could take a big step forward next year. Love it. Reverse question. Somebody in the 2020 lineup right now that you think is a potential, I don't want to think about it, I know, but to take a regression step backwards that, that you're worried about a little bit. Mm. Um, I, I'm always scared about like a guy like Ed Harris. Like I, I think he's good and I don't think it's going to happen, but it, when you have what I think is one of the best players in the league, like you always are kind of scared that what am I not seeing? You know, is this guy going to fall off? Um, another guy, Bill Lowe, maybe. Um, just because, I don't know, he hasn't been that great, but he's just been a dependable part in the lineup. And um, I think part of the reason I might be looking to trade him is, I don't know, you know, how valuable he's going to be going forward. He's going to be turning 30, so you don't know when that decline is going to be coming. Yeah, I think Harris is where your fear lies, probably. I think Lowe's a more realistic candidate, so I appreciate the, the duality there. Uh, 2021 Rookie of the Year in Chicago is who? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Julio Urias. Why not? I love it. I think that's 100%. I can see him as a two-and-a-half, three-war pitcher. That's a stretch, obviously, because the three-war as a pitcher is pretty solid. But he gets a, a high out of the gates. I, I think he could be that good. Uh, 2021 Cy Young candidate for the Cubs. Not not for the league. For who's your Cy Young? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, if not Julio, I, I still really like Don Porter. Um, this was a guy that we got on the Rule 5 draft back in 2018. He was our sole all-star that year. Um, he's the only guy with a sub four ERA in our rotation right now. So, uh, yeah, keep taking those steps forward. He'll be 27. And yeah. Okay. I like it. And then the last one will be the 2021 MVP. Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Yeah. That's a tough one to argue. I, I, I agree with you. I think he's undervalued in this league. I think he's somebody, not that the Cubs want to, but if they were to put him on the trade block, I don't know that he would garner enough interest to make you move him, which is, which is kind of frustrating, right? Because he's one of those guys that deserves that, that love. And, again, I don't think the, the Cubs are trying to move Ed Harris, but uh, he's one yeah. of those guys that I think is undervalued across the league. Beautiful, yeah. man. And I'm also uh, – you know, I'm a hoarder in, you know, in all my shit laying around here, but also in players. Like, when I get a guy I like, maybe to my detriment, like, I like to hang on to him. So. And the exact opposite. I get a guy I like and I move him two months later. So uh, we combine those those mindsets. We'd have a good team here. Anything <laughs> final uh, 2021 thoughts about the Cubs? Or, or I'll tell you what, before we get there, who wins the World Series this year? Uh, I think – I think it's Bruce's turn. Why not have the NL get it? Hell, yeah. I think if they're going to win it, this is the best chance the, the Mets are going to have. The National uh, – look, if somebody can knock Soze off, I think it's wide open. If the, if the Mariners lose to the, to the Angels be, just because he's, he's in his own head about it, I think the National League has a chance. If Mariners make it to the World Series, it's everybody's fucked. That team's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I love it. I, I'm, I'm cheering for the Mets hard, too. Anything about the Cubs 2021 before I let you go? Uh, no, I'm just – I'm excited to, to be back. I'm excited to be into this and, and putting the time in. And there's a lot of spreadsheets that will be had this offseason as I reorganize the Miners for the 12th time. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, and I'm glad that we did this. I am too, man. Any chance that Jabs Cast comes back in 2021? Ooh, we'll see. I, I, I am screwing around with Anchor for another uh, – not another fantasy league, but another simulation thing. So, okay. we'll see. I love it, man. I appreciate it. I'm going to hit – stop. We're at